What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Red Zone Radio. I'm Robert Wampler. It is great to be here. Great to have you. Just a reminder, you can listen to Red Zone Radio on the iHeartRadio app, Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, and anywhere that you get your podcast. So we got some NBA playoff action going on. Hawks and the 76ers. I'll talk about that game too tonight. Uh, lots of stuff going on. But I, I want to talk about the Bucks and the Nets first because... The Nets are a team. I've been skeptic on them all year. Um, I said, look, first of all, they don't have any defense. Uh, I don't. They can't rebound. Um, and they have three guys who, although talented, none of which uh, are have the leadership quality of a LeBron James or a Damon Lillard that can handle. And manage talent properly. None of them do. But yet somehow here we are. Round 2 of the Eastern Conference Semifinals. They're up 2-0 on the what I thought was the best team in the East. One of the best teams on the NBA. And the two games were not close. I have never seen a team like this. Like we've seen this in college football. We've seen this in NFL. We've seen this uh, before kind of in the NBA. Where talented teams will make it far. And everyone will, will freak out about them. They'll be overhyped. And they'll make it far. Um, but they won't, they won't win the championship. They won't make it past the second round of the playoffs. Uh, and they'll eventually get beat by a team that's not about finesse. That's about coaching and leadership. And that has some talent. At, and it has some talent, but it's not all about the talent. Like we've seen that in March Madness. We've seen that everywhere. Um, and that's what I thought was going to happen this next team. I'm like, look, the talent will carry them to the playoffs, but they're not beating the Bucks. Uh, I don't think they're going to. I don't think they're going to beat one of these big juggernaut teams. Um, they're up two all in the Bucks today. None of those games were close, and that series appears to be over. And I thought when they met a team that could rebound, a team that could play some defense, they would have met their match. But yet they met the team that can rebound the Bucks. They met the team with the defense, the Bucks, and they met the team that has one of the best offenses in the NBA, the Bucks. Doesn't have the firepower, but a good offense, an efficient offense. And they're up 2-0. And I I just don't know what to make of this Nets team. Oh, by the way, they were also out James Harden, who was part who was a the second biggest part of that offensive firepower. Up 2-0. They held the Bucks to under 90 points, which in today's NBA is insane. And that's not even a defensive team. That's not even a defensive team. They held them to 86 points. And they still scored 120. Listen. Um, I'm saying today. I don't see a team. That can overcome the Nets. I just. I, I don't. The Hawks are fun. And. And they're kind of a fun underdog to root for, and I like them. They're not beating the Nets. I like the 76ers. They don't have any shooters. They're not beating the Nets. The Nets are going to make it to the NBA Finals, and there's not a team in the Western Conference that's going to beat them. There's a season. And to be honest with you, if the Lakers had Anthony Davis, we don't even know if they would get out of that first round, let alone be able to beat this Nets team. I've never been a hype train guy, and I've been I've been reluctant to pull the trigger on the Nets all year and say they're going to win the championship, but they're going to win the championship. 
There is not a team that can beat them. Okay, so let's uh, go to this other series that I was just talking about, the Hawks and the 76ers. That is a fun one to watch. Uh, and, and first of all, these playoffs are just wild to predict. I have, I, I got a lot of the first round series wrong. I, I thought the Trailblazers would be able to beat the Nuggets. I, I That was wrong. I thought, to be honest with you, I thought that uh, the Lakers would be able to beat the Suns. I got that wrong. And now in the second series, I'm just... I'm being. I'm. I'm just really surprised at some of these outcomes. I thought the. I thought last year's the Mavs would be able to beat the Clippers, especially after going up 2-0. That was wrong. Um, but I thought, looking at last year, um, I, looking at this year, I should say, looking at this second round, I thought for sure the 76 were going to beat the Hawks, and I like the Hawks, and and they're fun to root for, and they're an underdog. But um, I thought they would. They got more size. They got more rebounders. I think they got more players outside of Trey Young. The Hawks are really lacking some depth. And I, even though the 76ers can't shoot, they got a lot of rebounders. Can score a lot of points in the paint. I think they got better coaching. Uh, but yet the Hawks went in there. They stole game one. And if the Hawks win tonight, they didn't just steal it. Obviously, they kind of crumbled late. They still won, but they kind of crumbled late. But they didn't just steal game one. Uh, they were up a lot in that game. And uh, and if they didn't crumble, that would have been blow up. That gives the young team confidence with Trey Young. I mean, Trey Young is a star. Like that's obviously an understatement, but he's a star, and you cannot take this team lightly. And I think you know, for them to get out of this series if they can, or for them to push this series to seven games, I I, I think they will be able to win this series. The Hawks, I'm saying, uh, the 76ers do have depth, but what I saw the other night, uh, I can't unsee what I saw. I think the Hawks are going to advance. And for the Hawks to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, that's how we win. Now you know, hey, Trey Young can carry this team, and uh, we just got to get him a number two. And I, I have a, it. Just makes I have a sick feeling that I just hope that Trey Young does not turn into Damon Lillard, um, because I love Dame, and you guys know how people love Dame. I think he's the best point guard in the NBA. But I just, I, I it, it's a very similar situation, right? Uh, Atlanta, Portland, both are kind of smaller franchises, not very relevant until they get the superstar point guard, and Trey Young still in his career, and they can both carry their team to a point. Uh, now, obviously, Trey's in an easier conference, so he can kind of advance farther, but they can both carry their team, uh, but we but we really don't know a whole lot about the team outside of those two players as far as like how good the coach is, how good the upper management is. They both have kind of been smaller markets, smaller franchises, and I just hope that Trey Young does not turn into Damian Lillard in the sense that they can't find him number two. They can't find him another player. Uh, and so he's going to be on a bunch of small games, and he's only on primetime games when the NBA playoffs come around, and he'll eventually just get beat by a more talented team that has more depth because their franchises can't provide them with, with the proper amount of players. And uh, it's it just I really hope that doesn't happen. To me, they're, to me, Trey Young is every bit Damian Lillard playing style-wise. Both very clutch, both great shooters, both great passers, both can carry their team, both are making their team relevant, both are making their smaller market team relevant, getting them to the playoffs, carrying them through the playoffs. I just hope that Trey Young doesn't turn to Damon Lillard in the sense that they do not get him the proper amount of talent around him, the proper amount of, of recognition, and and so Trey Young kind of has a career that doesn't get as much recognition as he deserves because he's playing for a smaller team. That just cannot provide him with talent around him. 
All right, I want to talk about one other series here, uh, which is the Clippers and the Mavericks, and of course now the Clippers and the Jazz. And something that's really interesting to me about this series is that the Clippers were down 2-0. They come back, they win game seven, most of the games were won on the road. And I, I was saying earlier, nobody can overcome the talent that the Nets have, nobody. And I, I, I didn't say the Clippers... Uh, on purpose because uh, their talent, it's not equal to the Nets. Their offensive firepower is not equal to the Nets. But if you're looking at all the teams left, if there's a team that you think just talent-wise might just be able to go toe-toe with the Nets as far as offensive firepower, who might be able to take them down, it might just be the Nets. They got Kawhi Leonard, um, and, and when they all play together and when they all are on the same page, that team is really good, really, really good. The thing is, I just don't know what to make of them. Um, it, it's similar to, it, it's very similar to me, the Nets. The talent is outstanding. They got Paul George. They got Kawhi Leonard. They got some pieces. Um, and, and I think they got a good coach in Ty Lue. But I, I, I just, you can't, they don't have uh, the leadership of of, of LeBron or, of a, uh, or some of these other teams have. And they're not that good late. And they struggled. Uh, multiple games versus the Mavericks, who 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 should not, who who did not have the talent to even win that series. I don't think, but they 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 pushed to a game seven. I think when you're looking talent wise outside of Luca, the Mavericks have almost no one. The Clippers have a lot of other pieces than other just Kawhi, but yet the Mavs are up 2-0 and they had that series in grasp. And the Clippers have the talent. But, I, see, the Nets are amazing to me because they didn't play during the regular season and they put it all together. And the Clippers played together during the regular season and they still can't seem to put it all together. They still can't seem to put it all together. And it just, I, I don't know what to make of them. Their talent is good enough to go to the Western Conference Finals. Their talent is good enough to at least go to toe with the Nets. But I'm not going to make a prediction on them because I just, I don't know. I, if I had to guess, the inconsistency is going to cost them eventually. They might lose this round. They might lose next round. They might not even make it to the finals just because of the inconsistency. Not because of their talent, just because of how inconsistent they can be. Um, and so I, I'm going to pick the Jazz to win that series. I think they're more consistent. I think they have the depth. I think they have the talent. They're good during regular season. They're a good shooting team. And I think they're all on the same page. I'm going to pick them to beat the Clippers uh, and move on to the Western Conference Finals. All right, so... Uh, Nick Saban, let's go to some college football news now. Nick Saban has got signed through an extension with Alabama to, through 2028. And that's good for him. Clearly, he's not planning on going anywhere time soon. Good for Alabama. And it's good for college football. Uh, greatest coach of all time. Staying at Alabama. It's, it's good for the sport. But I want to talk about this with college football. Which is, look, two years ago, I started this podcast. I, I actually was on another one, and that one's still going on. Um, with some other co-hosts, but it was called The Ultimate Breakdown, and I started it, and that one, all I talked about was college football, and I would do a recap every week, and I would get, and I would get a lot of views on everything, but then after you got to, like, a, there were a few weeks in the middle of the season where I, I had it, I wasn't even, I was not ever even planning to going to NFL or NBA talk about that stuff. Um, now, obviously, I like this podcast get kind of more freely, and I do it, and I talk about all the sports, but... I was playing mainly on making that a college football podcast. But the problem was, you got to the middle of the season, and the best game on was Alabama versus the Mercer. And 
college football, it's my favorite sport, and I love watching it, and I can't wait for this year. The fans are going to be back, and the atmosphere is going to be great, and everything like that. But there, there is a big problem with it right now, which is that they have a – I, I, when, I, when I talk about, you know, the, the NFL right now is the best sports league as far as viewership, as far as people interested in it, as far as it getting talked about. And the reason for that isn't just because the games are interesting. It's because they give you great matchups every week. And there's not a – like the Buccaneers are probably the best team in the NFL right now, right? But no one would say – that 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 there isn't a team in the NFL that can beat them. I think the 49ers can beat them. I think the Chiefs can beat them. I, I mean, there are teams that can beat them. And there are more than three teams that can win the Super Bowl every year. The, the Philadelphia Eagles won the Super Bowl a few years ago. And in college football, there is this glaring, glaring problem that I feel like the, the college football playoff committee and the college football uh, conference, you know, uh, managers and general managers just kind of turn a blind eye to, which is there is a competitive, uh, a lack of competitiveness within the teams. And there are three teams that really only matter, right? Alabama, Ohio State, and Clemson. Now, I, I will include Oklahoma because they have been to the playoff multiple times, but they have not won a national championship. I understand LSU won a championship, but that was a one-time magical season. Ohio State has only won one, but they have been to the playoff multiple times as well. Um... But, but there's a there's a glaring problem, which is that it's become way too, and I understand last year, but it has become way too much uh, in conference games. We we should be getting games like Ohio State and Alabama, uh, Bama versus Clemson, Ohio State versus Clemson, Michigan versus Clemson, uh, Oklahoma versus Ohio State, Oklahoma versus Clemson. We should be getting those games every year, and and the system is flawed, which is that. Teams are now going to schedule easy games because they can, because the committee is going to say, oh, well, you're Alabama, or you're Clemson, or you're Ohio State, and you're undefeated, and clearly the eye test that you passed, so we're going to let you in. And I don't blame Ohio State or Alabama or Clemson for taking an easy schedule, because why would they when they get some of the playoff every year? And I understand Alabama plays in the SEC, and they play some big schools. But the thing is, the committee should inspire people to take harder schedules, the playoff should not be a contest of who can have the best record. We have made it way too much about, well, they have this loss. Who has the best loss? If it would be like the NFL where you can lose some games, college football would be a better product. I understand this makes every game matter. And you can still make every game matter. I'm not saying let a team, let Ohio State in or let Alabama in or let Clemson in if they lost to Rutgers or if they lost to, uh, you know, uh, the Mercer. I'm not saying let them in. But if they lost a one-point game to Georgia or if Ohio State lost a one-point game to Michigan or if Clemson lost a one-point game to Notre Dame, why would they schedule that game the next year if they know they're going to be left out? You have to encourage people to do it by letting them in the playoff and by expanding the playoff. It would make it better. It would give me more ratings. And I just think it would be better overall for the product. We should be getting big games every week. The biggest game, I'm sorry to say, but the biggest game on TV should not be uh, Clemson versus Virginia Tech. That should not make a primetime slot. It's nothing against Virginia Tech. The primetime slot every week should be these big schools going up against each other out of conference games. 
And and I, I feel like college football has got to fix that. All right, well, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Red Zone Radio. Thank you everyone so much for listening. Have a great day, and I'll see you next time on Red Zone Radio.